Shikain or Shalom, that's what I'm saying. Either yes or no. <coughs> okay, so the Rebbe explained the beginning of tests. He asked the question. If you look carefully in the Megillah, so you'll notice that the, this whole idea of the Yidden accepting the Torah more deeply at Purim than they did at Matan Torah, so that idea is based on two different psukim, and those two psukim are written once things are already taken care of in the story. There's no more Messiris Nefesh. The Jews acted in an oifen of Messiris Nefesh for a full year, and then were able to battle against the uh, forces of darkness and defeat them. And now things are great. Not only great, not only are the things not bad, they're great. They've been transformed from, from completely negative to, to quite surprisingly positive to such an extent that Beis Haman has been given over to Esther and Mordechai. It's been a complete transformation. So then, how do we understand, <coughs> excuse me, how do we understand the, the idea of the, of the Kabbalah Satarat Purim being greater because of the mysterious Nefesh? So the Rebbe said, therefore, we, must, we see that there must be two different levels of Kabbalah Satara at that time. There's the acceptance of the Torah during the Gezerah, and that's the Kos, that's, that's, we'll see there's two also, two levels in Kosis Lamar. And that's Kosis Lamar, the crushedness of Godness brings about an ex, a connection to Etzim and the Shama, the essence of the soul, by virtue of coming to a state of Messias Nefesh, self-sacrifice. And then there's a higher level of Kabbalah Satara, whatever that is. And that happened at the time of, the time when everything was good. That happened when things were, 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 had, had been transformed into an incredible level of goodness. So too, the Rebbe says, there's also two levels of, of Kossis Lamar. There's Kossis Lamar that's a function of the situation in Golis. That the situation in Golis is, a, is, is very difficult. And since the situation is difficult, so the Yidin come to a state of mysterious Nefesh by virtue of being connected to the essence of their soul. And again, that's, that's somehow prompted by the external situation that's very, very negative and very challenging. And that's the simple pshat in Messias Nefesh, that's the simple pshat in Kosi Slamor. That's what we've been saying the whole time. But the Rebbe said at the end of yesterday's year, there's a higher level. There's a level of Kosi Slamor that's a function not of the situation in Golis, what the Rebbe refers to as the Matzav in Golis, but rather the essential existence of Golis. And we'll see what the Rebbe means. But that the, 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 the very fact that the Jew is found in Golis, that brings the Jew to a connection to essence, the essence of their soul, etzim and neshama, kosi slamar. And what's that? Vainian hus. That's where we are in Kofi The matter is Azoi. The Zesh Yisrael him shivuri. The fact that the Jewish people are broken, mizeh from the fact, from this shame begolus, when they're in a state of golus. Gam kishi yeshle markhova begashmi yisabruchnis. Also, when the situation in Gashmias and Ruchnis is very, very good, they have what they need in Gashmias. And they have uh, they, no one is bothering them in terms of their ability to serve God in any way, way, any which way that they want. Who? So then, why are they broken? Why are they? Why are they still in a state of kosis? Ki amiti shakol echad The true desire 
of every single Jew, meaning the deepest place in that Jew, who Shia Gilu Elokus is that the Kaddish Baruch should be revealed. That's the true desire of every Jew. Obviously, we're talking about the Nevesh Elokis. Va'ad to such an extent, Shazeh this idea Gilu Elokus, the revelation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, affects the essence of his being. Velokin. The fact that in the time of Golis, Ein Meir Gilu Elokus, it it doesn't shine, doesn't illuminate the revelation of godliness, as it was in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. Ubefrat, and particularly when this Jew contemplates this idea, Shamra Rizal that called Mishalin Nivna Beis Hamikdash Bayom of anybody who the Beis Hamikdash was not built in his days. Harizakilu Nechra Bayom of it's as if it's been destroyed in his days, by virtue of the fact that every single generation has the potential to rebuild the Beis Hamikdash. And if Chas V'Shalom and Chas V'Shalom is not rebuilt, so then it's as if they've destroyed it because they've destroyed that potential, that potential Beis Hamikdash that exists in every generation. A number of times when the Rebbe would say this, Maimar Chazal, the Rebbe would just say the beginning of it. Call me Shaloi Nivna Beis Hamikdash Bayamav Vechule Vechule, etc., etc. The Rebbe didn't want to say the negative part at the end, but obviously sometimes you have to say the negative part at the end so people know what you're talking about. The famous Sikha. The famous Sikha, the Rebbe, where the Rebbe explains why it is that sometimes the Torah. The Torah goes out of its way not to use negative language to such an extent that it'll even say an animal that is not tower, not pure, rather than just say the word tummy. But sometimes it says the word tummy. So it explains that when when it comes to halacha, so the Torah has to be absolutely clear. No copy? No. How can that be? We've Did been learning. Do you mean the other classes? And uh, they don't so... Ah, you're supposed to be there? Oh, Rabbi Silberg's not teaching. No. Okay. I got it. So the, the Rabbi explains that the, the, when it comes to halacha, when it's absolutely necessary for people to understand what's going on, so then the Torah will use the word tummy. When it's just when the Torah is just describing a situation, like by Noyach, which animals went in, which animals didn't go in, it's not necessary to tell me. I mean, I'm not learning Hilchas Tuma and Tara at that point. Just it's a story telling me that certain animals went in, certain animals were seven, certain animals were two. Everybody went in. So, so, so in that instance, the Torah goes out of its way not to use the word Tami. So here. See, the, the Rebbe says the second half of the of the Maimar Chazal, but because it's important to understand the idea. Right, so when a person, even though things are amazing, in Gashmias and Ruchnias for this person, they have a big house and a full fridge, and they invite all sorts of guests over for Shabbos, and uh, no one has to sneak in because everything's good. And yet they're broken. Why are they broken? Because a Yid wants the Abishtu to be revealed in Elam Hazar. That's what a Yid wants. And the Abishur isn't revealed in Elam Hazar, in the state of Golis. From this itself, is there in Gansen Sutraisult? He's completely crushed. 
kosis. He's not cut, again, the, 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 the distinction the Rebbe has made, and this is, a, this is the, 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 the you know, point in this mimer that everybody brings about, when, you know, this mimer, what, what is this mimer all about, what we're learning right now. Even though there's been amazing things the whole way through the mimer, this mimer is about this point. But the Rebbe said an amazing thing. There's two different states of kosis. There's the state of kosis based on the matzav in Golas, the situation in Golas. That was last generation. That was Russia. That was a situation where Yidin were in places that were, were very, very difficult for them. All sorts of places, not just Russia, but I mean the Rebbe's talking about Russia because the Rebbe's talking about the situation of the Friedrich Rebbe. Yidin were in places where it wasn't so, it wasn't so simple to, to keep Yiddishkeit. Right? The situation in Golas was a disaster. It's very difficult. Right? That's one state of Kassis Lamar. Then there's the state of Kassis Lamar, which is the Rebbe says a much deeper state and is touching a much deeper place in, in, in the Yid. And what's that? This, the fact that the Yid is broken by the very existence of Golas. The, the situation in Golas is wonderful. It's fantastic. I mean, it's Golas. But there's Yiddishkeit, there's Gashmias, there's Ruchnias, the Yidin have what to eat, and they have where to daven, and it's a, there's, there's three shuls they can go to, and five they wouldn't step into. Anywhere you go. Think about where you spend your day. How many Jews are there sitting and learning Torah within a, a square kilometer of where you're sitting? There are literally thousands of Jews sitting and learning Torah all day, you know, within a kilometer of where you're just, right? It's like unbelievable what's going on. When the Frida Rebbe said the Mimer, people were mercy never so five Jewish children could have a could have a school in a town. Right? They would go hide under hide underground so those five kids could have a school, and then he'd be caught and killed. And the Frida Rebbe would send another one. The stories we've been talking about throughout the whole Mimer. That wasn't so long ago. Right? I mean, I understand it seems like a long time ago. It's not so long ago. There's lots of people alive who were alive during that. Right? Well, that particular time is stuck a lot. You know, there aren't so many people alive who are alive during that now, because those years, those those the, the Friedrich Rebbe said is mimer, ninety three years ago. Right? So ninety three years is you know, in one lifetime is a long time. In the lifetime of the world, it's not very long at all. Right? So the second.
How do I do this? Isn't revealed. That's how you know who Maishi is. Because there's other tzaddikim who are big tzaddikim, who are serious people, amazing people. But interesting enough, they're, 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 they, they can sleep at night. They might not sleep at night because they're sitting up and learning Torah. But they could sleep at night. Why? Because the fact that there's some place in the middle of nowhere where, where, where the, that story we told it to bring it about New Zealand, that there's some family in New Zealand who has all these questions about Yiddishkeit, that's just not their, that's not their, that's not part of their job description. Right? So when Mrs. Hasoifer cried out to God <coughs> and said, <coughs> I know there's a tzaddik out there because I read we read about that that there's such a thing called a tzaddik of the generation there's a mation every generation please God that person should help take care of us and then the Rebbe calls up Chaim Gutnik in Melbourne and tells him to fly to Tasmania go to Hobart okay right <laughs> so there's there's a person like that I'll tell you a wild story. But I heard this from a very real source, and the source of his source, well, you might, you might know him, Zusha Zilberstein, from Zilberstein, Zusha Zilberstein from Montreal. You don't know Rabbi Zilberstein? Zusha, you should get to know Zusha, he's a holy Jew. <coughs> so Zusha, Zusha's been sleepless in Montreal for 40 years. He lives in the, in the ghetto there. So, uh, um, his 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 father and I was Rabbi Schputz, who was one of the, the one of the four or five guys sent by the Friedrich Rabbi, Rabbi to Montreal. So, <coughs> um, Zusha told me the story. Zusha was sitting by his candles one Hanukkah, and none of his kids were home. He, he just he and his wife, because uh, they, they were, they were, some of them were married, and 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 the Bochim were off on Mitzrayim, and Hanukkah is a time when in Lubavitch households, so the parents usually light the Hanukkah licht alone because the kids aren't home, because the kids are on Mitzvah, they're not around. <coughs> Meaning when they grow up. <coughs> and then they come home at, you know, one in the morning and they light. So um, he was sitting at home, he was just sitting by his candles, he was thinking, you know what, so he had. He said, you know what, I'll call up my uncle. He had an uncle who was not a Lubavitcher, a Vizhnitzer, uh, he's Zushas from a family in, in Antwerp. That uh, in Antwerp and the, 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 the Hasidim, but whether it was his father, him, I know someone came to Lubavitch in the family, but there's a lot of a lot of Hasidim in the family who are not Lubavitchers. So he called up his uncle, his uncle, who was a wealthy guy, and he decided he hadn't called him for a while, and he called him up. So his uncle said, Okay, what, what do you want from me? He said, Honestly, I don't want it. He figured he wants some money, which is a Lubavitcher, as he needs, right? He has a Chabad house. So I don't want to, I just, honestly, I'm sitting by the candles, I just thought that I would call you up and uh, and say hello. Because, you know, just felt like doing that. He said, really? He said, yeah, honestly, I don't want anything, I don't need anything, I just wanted to say hello, I hadn't talked to you for a while. That's very nice of you. Okay, you know what, I'm going to give you a present. Can I give you a present? So he said, yeah. So his uncle told him the following story. His uncle knows a, a, a vision, his uncle, I don't know where he lives, whether he lives in Muncie, where he lives in Antwerp, and I'm not sure. So his, his, his uncle <coughs> knows, knows a, a Litvish family in, in Muncie, and the, um, the young man got married, he and, his, and, and he and his new wife, they, they lived in, they lived in, 
Muncie for a while, but then they sort of got bored of Muncie and they wanted to do something a little more interesting and sort of expand their horizon. So they moved to LA, where there's a there's a there's a there's a community of Chassidish people in LA, and so they moved to LA and he was working in LA and doing some good things, and that, that that's what was happening. So. Um, one day, this uncle of Zusha says, I was walking along the street in L.A., and I ran into this young man. And he didn't look like a Vizhnitzer. He looked like a Lubavitcher. And I knew him. So I asked him. Now, this is the uncle telling Zusha. I asked him, how did you fall? Because going from Vizhnitz to Lubavitch is a fall, according to him. I don't care, which is fine. Fine. That's what, he, that's what he told Zushi. He said, I asked him, how did you fall? And he told me the following story, this young man. This young man was in L.A. <coughs> he came home one day and his wife didn't feel well. It's a long story, I'll make it short. His wife didn't feel well. They went, uh, they went to a doctor. The doctor said she should go to the hospital, get checked out. They went to the hospital, get checked out. She was in there for like an hour or two with the doctors. And he, he was in the outside. He couldn't figure out like, what's going on. One of the doctors walks out and says, uh, look, I don't know how to tell you, I don't know, it's a really, really bad situation. Um, I hope she'll make it through the night. Um, I don't know what to tell you. What? <laughs> they have two little kids. So this all happened in the last six hours. All of a sudden he's being told that his young wife is, 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 in, is in mortal danger. So, he, so the doctor says, look, there's nothing for you to do here tonight. She's sedated. Go home, and you'll come back in the morning. So uh, he goes home. Uh, yeah, he can't exactly sleep, so he doesn't know what to do. So he's saying to Hillel, and he's and uh, etc. And all of a sudden, he just cries out, "Ebed!" Screams. One in the morning, L.A. Screams out. Rabbit. His rabbit. Krishna's a rabbit. About 20 minutes later, he gets a phone call from Rabbi Khadakov, the rabbi's secretary. Rabbi Khadakov says, The rabbi says that you should go in the morning, take your wife out of the hospital, go to such and such a doctor, and everything will be okay. So he, like, hangs up the phone. He doesn't, was that a dream? Was that, who's this Rabbi Kharakov? Who's this Rabbi? What's, what's the, what was that? This is what he's telling his uncle on the street, why he fell. So, here, so he, he doesn't know what to do. So he knows, he heard, that there's a Hasid in L.A. who never goes to sleep. So he calls up Rabbi Reichik, Shimon David Reichik, at, like, 1.30 quarter to two in the morning. He calls up Rabbi Reichuk. He says, Rabbi, this is who I am. This is what this did. And I got a phone call, and I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I like, I don't know what the phone call was about, but it was a Rabbi Chadakov, and he said, the Rebbe, and I, I figured maybe it had something to do with Lubavitch, and, and I, it, 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 there's a Rabbi Chadakov in Lubavitch, and what, so, so he says, yeah, Rabbi Chadakov is the Rebbe's secretary. So, oh. I don't know exactly what he told me to do. I don't remember. I was very, I was, I was very, I was, you know, very distracted by the whole thing. What was going on? <coughs> I, I would like to talk to him. 
So, so Rabbi Reichik says, well, there's, there's a, it's a Yechidus night tonight. If the Rebbe's still seeing people in Yechidus, Rabbi Chadokov is still up in his office, because Rabbi Chadokov would be awake all night if the Rebbe was seeing people. So, um, so I'll give you his number, and if he's still there, you can talk to him. So he gave him Rabbi Chadokov's number. He called up Rabbi Chadokov and, 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 and said, you know, I, I'm from Los Angeles. I, I think you called me, and I, I didn't get it. So he explained to him. The Rebbe said, why did, why did the Rebbe tell you to call me? He said, I don't know why the Rebbe told me to call you. I don't know those sort of things. I just do what I'm told. The Rebbe told me I should call you in Los Angeles and tell you the following regarding your wife. So anyway, bottom line, he, he, uh, he said, okay, he got everything straight. He went to the hospital the next morning. His wife was awake. He took his wife, he, t- he told the, the hospital, he's taking his wife out of the hospital and going to see a particular doctor. They said, you have to sign this piece of paper, you're killing your wife and you have to sign a piece of paper that, you know, you're, you did this on you, we told you not to and you did this, so no one's going to sue us for killing your wife. Fine, he signs the piece of paper, takes his wife to this doctor, goes to the doctor, there's people in the waiting room. He, uh, <coughs> he, uh, Goes to the secretary and said, I'd like to see the doctor. He said, well, do you have an appointment? No. Well, then, okay, you can come back in, you know, four months. And, and he said, no, no, I have to see him now. So it's, uh, someone came out, so he just took his wife and they just walked right in. The, the nurse is going, wait, 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 no, you can't. Right? He walks right in, sits down and says, hello, I was sent by the Lubavitcher Rebbe to talk to you, etc., etc." Doc says, I don't know who's the Lubavitcher Rebbe, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, bottom line, this doctor checked her out. She was fine and everything's okay and everything's fine. That, you know, it's a, in a Ferbengen with Mashka, you can tell the story for two hours, right? Okay. Fine. So that he told that story to his uncle. And he said, when I called out Rebbe from the depth of my heart in a house in Los Angeles, only one person heard me. I shouldn't be a chassid of that Rebbe. That's the story that his uncle told him, the Vishnitsa, who said, why did you fall? <laughs> he told him that story about this kid that he met on the street in L.A. Who he knew, it was a, you know, Vishnitsa Kossi. Whoa. It's like the Seifers in New Zealand, right? So L.A. is not as far as New Zealand. So I guess from L.A., if you have good ears, you can hear. In New Zealand, shoo, that's really far. And yet, that Jew is completely and totally broken by Golas. Besimcha?
We think we know everything going on. We don't know. I'm sure there's all sorts of things we don't know about. Okay. But the very fact that this is something that we do know about, be why? Because the Tzemach Sedek publicized this. He didn't keep this secret. He wanted all the Chassidim to know that this is what happens. Why? That, the, the Rebbe says, Nitan HaKoyach, it's given the ability, the power, the potential, l'kol echod ve'echod Yisrael, to every single Jew, she'ikir we're getting it from Meishu Rabbeinu, from the Alter Rebbe, she'ikir that his essential desire year will be Gilir Atzmas, revelation of Atzmas. So it's not something shayach to someone else, something that I have to challenge myself to. To such an extent, when this is not revealed, all the more so, in the time of when it doesn't even shine, the revelation, or the revelation of light, not Atzmus, not the essence of a Gadish Baruch. Even there's not even a Gilui or, there's not even a Gilui of infinite light, let alone beyond infinite Atzmus. Who bematz of the kosis? He's crushed. Umevakesh gimel pamim b'chol yom, and he asks three times a day, or yeser, sometimes even more, sometimes four times a day, on Yom Kippur five times a day. V'seches zena eneinu that our eyes should behold b'shuvcha your return. Let's see and to see and berachemim in a merciful way. Shaz, what will be then? Yer gilu elokus v'ad legilu yatzmus. There'll be a revelation of elokus. Mamish an elevation, uh, a revelation of Atzmus. That's Kosis Lamar. Vazeu Kosis Lamar. And this is the Pshat in Kosis Lamar. Shal Yedeya Inyan de Kosis Mizeshinim Soim Begolus. By virtue of the fact that a Jew is crushed, by virtue, by, by, as, as a result of the fact that we're found in Golus. Not the Matzav in Golus. The Matzav in Golus is wonderful. I mean, yakasit, right? The things are fine. Gashmias, ruchnias, it's all taken care of. Magim la'mara, the Jew comes to Ma'or. Kizesha rotsin de kolechad mi'israel. The fact that the desire of every single Jew, who gilu elokus, is a revelation of God. Va'ad shazen ne'gel etzim itziyusah to such an extent that this affects the essence of his being. Shalochenu nishbar v'nidka, therefore he, he's, he's crushed mizeh from the fact there is not that's what bothers him not his own spiritual place that's not what's bothering him he's worried about the Abishter, not about himself that's the deepest place in the Yid that's coming from the essence of his soul the source of light of his soul the Bible is going to explain this in even greater length as we go further in the Mimer. We're almost done. She's kashurusa belokus. That its connection to elokus, he's kashurus atzmis, is an essential connection. That's the ultimate in kosis lamar, the Rebbe says. And that's beyond, that's the second state in the story of Purim. Now the Rebbe has to go back and explain all that in the context of Purim. Right? But as we mentioned at the end of the year yesterday, so that's, that's where we are. The first state, Kosis Lamar, <coughs> the situation in Golis was a disaster. That's the sixth generation. That's the Friedrich Rebbe's generation. The seventh generation, Dor Shvi, what are they all about? 
absolutely crushed by virtue of the fact that the Abishter isn't revealed everywhere in the world and they are Meshugaladavar, completely crazy about the idea of the, of the fact that the Mashiach hasn't come and they're, they're, that's all they think about and that's what they're trying to make happen. How? Okay, say this. Figure out how. Right. Once there was a Ger Chosid who came to, came to 770 and somehow, I don't know exactly how, he ended up with the Rebbe in Ganit and Tachten in the room outside the Rebbe's room. And um, the Rebbe said to him, that the world says that I'm the 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 the, the Welt gesagt as ich ich bin a meshuga for Mashiach that I'm crazy about Mashiach. And the Rebbe was walking into the Rebbe's room. He was turning the handle to go into the room, and the Rebbe turned, said to him, "They're right." And walked into his room. The that meaning they say it in a negative way. The Babji Rebbe is crazy about Mashiach. They, but the Rebbe used the word Meshug. They say I'm Meshug about Mashiach. They're right. <laughs> what did we learn in Basi Lagani? How do you bring Mashiach? Shtus to Kedusha. Has to be Lamaila Mitam Vadas. I'm going to do everything in some nice, calm, orderly way. I'm not getting out of myself. That doesn't mean I have to be a Meshug in that. Well, I have to be a Meshuggah. The question is, how do I express that, that Meshuggah? So the Rebbe said that very clearly in Tavshin and Alam. Urs Tatayu and Kalim Chaotic lights brought down into proper vessels. So it has to be Urs Tatayu. But it has to be brought down into Kalim It can't just be Tayu. It has to be Tikkun. But it can't just be Tikkun. It has to be Tayu. We both. It's the paradox of it all. I have to be completely crushed by the existence of Gullus, and, and how do we do away with, with, with the Veda Basimcha? How do we do that? The Zayar says that a Jew has to have absolute joy in this half of 